My name is Will Fitzgerald and this is the Galway Film Podcast. Today on the show, I'm talking to writer-director Tom Edmonds, whose debut feature Dead in a Week or Your Money Back is in select cinemas from today. Dead in a Week or Your Money Back is an aging assassin comedy drama that stars Tom Wilkinson, Christopher Eccleston and Aniron Bernard. And it's well worth your time if it's playing in a cinema near you. Uh, Tom, thanks for talking to us. Oh, such a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for coming to Galway, sharing your movie with us. Uh, I loved it. Oh, thank <laughs> um, you. Hilarious. Um, moving. Great performances. Yeah. Oh, that's good to hear. Thank goodness. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a relief. It will, because this is this is one of the first public showings. Um, you know, we, we were talking on the way here, uh, Will, about how, what, how important film festivals are to give platforms to independent movies. And you know, this really is our first time, one of our first times sharing the film with an audience. Um, yeah, uh, thanks for sharing it with us. I, uh, with apologies to the listeners, as you said, we were, we did kind of get chatting actually before we started rolling. Um, and uh, it was really great because you were actually telling me how you kind of got started um, in the biz, um, you know, with your first short and everything. You might uh, just share the story for the listeners. Yeah, uh, so the thing about being a director is that um, it's very hard to, to to progress into the job. You just sort of have to just do it and see if you're any good at it. Um, so, I mean, I was so lucky. So my kind of break in the film business, I guess, in the film industry was that I was actually assistant to Anthony Minghella. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. He's a former guest of the floor. Really? Yeah, okay, yeah. amazing. Um, so... You know, that was an incredible opportunity. Basically, I was directing some theatre and uh, this, this position became available and someone recommended me for it very kindly. And um, and I worked with Anthony then for five years uh, across a couple of different movies. And, and that was an unbelievable experience to work with somebody who was so generous, um, you know, so wise um, and just such a wonderful, wonderful filmmaker. And I learnt by observing and I hope that I've managed to you know take some of you know some of those skills that he had and and, and apply them myself in my own filmmaking but um but ultimately you don't become a director by being someone else's assistant you know you have to go and then do the job for yourself and so yeah I I um you know this the thing I think probably a lot of directors or filmmakers do which is to make short films mm-hmm. and um I made uh, I, I've always been quite ambitious and um, so I've tried to make um, quite a complicated short film um, that we, which ended up which we, which we, we completed and it's it's uh, you know available to see um, it's called is this a joke and uh, it's with Russell Tovey and when I met Russell Tovey for the first time he said I, I like the script and I'll do the part and I've got four days available which is how long I'd said that we would need um I've got four days available in two weeks time and then I'm not free again for six months and I had a bit of a panic attack because the the short is quite complex phoned my producer at the time Nick and you know he had a complete meltdown and was like I don't think it's possible I don't think it's possible and then he said but if it is possible I know one man that can that can get it done and he made a call to someone that he'd work with Daniel and then the next day I was sitting in 
a cafe in London having a coffee with Daniel and he presented me with a draft schedule and a draft budget for this film, you know, on whatever that was, 12 hours notice. Um, so, and then we, you know, and then the three of us then made, is this a joke? And then that experience went well. And then they said to me, listen, if you were interested in writing a feature film, we would be interested in working with you again. And then that was the seed for continuing that relationship onto Dead in a Week. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys have kept the band together. Um... Yeah. And I, you know, and I think there's a desire from us to, to try and do it again. It, it, it's always complicated and life gets in the way. And, um, you know, um, Daniel goes off and does other other films he's producing another movie at the end of this year unfortunately i can't write that fast um <laughs> so i wish i could um but you know the, all these guys the, you know p- people have to work so you know da- in fact you know actually that was a lucky thing that in the time that we were making dead in a week or we were prepping dead in a week um daniel was actually the production supervisor on dunkirk oh wow um yeah and so we would have these kind of really amazing phone calls where I'd be calling him about some change that I'd made in the script that I was unsure about or whatever it was, some very kind of minor, uh, you know, minor concern. And, and he'd say to me, oh, I've got to go, got to call you back. And then he'd call me back two hours later and he said, oh, yeah, so, sorry about that. Um, yeah, we, we could have just crashed a spitfire into a, into a lake. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, is, is it, I mean, is, 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 no, 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 we were supposed to, crashed the spitfire into the lake it just wasn't supposed to sink <laughs> oh my god i mean that is like proper big boy <laughs> filmmaking that's some big that boy kind of puts there. things in perspective a little yeah, bit. yeah yeah exactly but then you know he said you know he you know that was in one of those calls that he said to me um look we've got this we've got this actor on dunkirk and you know the script is super on lock on lock and you never know how big it's going to end up in the edit but look this guy's around a lot so I think he probably has got a fairly decent part and um, and I think he's perfect for for dead in a week and um, so that was when Aniron Barnard came onto my radar and then yeah we tried to nab him quickly before (laughs) before Dunkirk was released and he becomes you know a big superstar but um, he's, he's well done on the some way now. great independent films uh, that we've shown in the past. I've actually always been curious. I see that you've pronounced it Aniron. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. That Welsh name always kind of. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> threw me a little bit. Exactly. Well, he he actually is, he's brilliant because I think he gets so annoyed with people either mispronouncing it or asking him how to pronounce it on on, on his Twitter. I, he actually spells it out phonetically for people uh. so that they so that they know. Um, okay. but he's a, you know, he's a terrific young actor and I mean, he, I think he's fantastic in my film, which is much more to do with him than it is to do with me. Um, and you know, what's lovely for us is that we try to catch someone, you know, as they're coming up on the wave and you hope that you're going to be part of that journey up and, you know, he's doing, uh, well, he's currently shooting um david copperfield armando Iannucci, um who just did death of stalin is yeah. is doing a version of david copperfield and an iron has got a fantastic part in that um he's just you know played one of the leads in the adaptation of donna tarts the goldfinch so he's really going places and yeah. we're very lucky to be part of that exciting journey for him 
Cool. So taking it back to, um, so even previously to working for Anthony Mengele, had you gone to film school or? No, I never went to film school. Um, uh, why didn't I go to film school? I don't really know. Um, <laughs> I, need, everybody? I needed to work. <laughs> um, I went to, I was at university. I, you know, I did the typical thing of thinking that maybe I could be an actor and then realized that I was not talented. <laughs> um, so I, I, and then, and then kind of during that time I started directing in the theater and I really enjoyed directing. I think probably I'm just a bit of a megalomaniac. Um, so I wanted to do more theater, uh, but I'd always loved movies and, um, but always watched a, a lot of films. Um, you know, movies were, were a really big passion. And so I think that probably the aspiration was always there, but maybe I just didn't know if it was attainable. And then I mm-hmm. think having the break of working for Anthony just made it much more realistic and made it feel, I don't know, yeah, more achievable, Yeah, maybe. Um, Did working for Anthony influence the kinds of films that you were watching and that you would Oh, that I was consume? watching? Yes, definitely. Yeah, that I was watching. So, you know, I watched a lot more, um, you know, Italian movies. Anthony was, you know, big into, um, you know, Fellini particularly and Antonioni and um, Visconti. So, yes, I have to admit they were not on my radar previously. I, I mm-hmm. was fully raised on a diet of Spielberg and Zemeckis and, you know, Lucas. <laughs> like a lot of us. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I, you know, no shame in that at all. I mean, I love those movies, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm probably people, when people, when you're at a dinner or drink or something and someone says, oh, what do you do? And you say, oh, I'm a film director. And they go, oh, what's your favorite movie? And I think they always hope or, I don't know, they just expect you're going to, I don't know, say a Bergman True, or something. Like, yeah, thing. right. Yeah, and and you know they're always very disappointed when I say, "Well, it's Back to the Future," <laughs> because <laughs> you know to me, Back to the Future is an absolutely perfect movie. Yeah, I mean, it's it's flawless. I always tell people my favorite movie is Festin, but really, it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Right, <laughs> I mean, Ferris Bueller's. So I have a ten-year-old yeah. son, and I quite gleefully showed him Ferris Bueller's quite recently, which is maybe slightly inappropriate at places. But I mean, just the delight on his face—it's mm-hmm. just a—that's a wonderful, wonderful movie. Yeah. And that's sort of what I what you want to try and capture that excitement that you had as a kid when you first saw Ferris Bueller. I mean, God, if someone was saying that about Dead in a Week in years to come, or or, or any movies that I make in the future, I mean, I'd just be thrilled. Yeah, just totally thrilled. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about then, because um, going from, so having those things as your early loves, and then obviously you had some influence from Miguel and from other places into more mature and art house films. But you, you, the film that you made, and that I guess you wanted to make was a genre picture. Um, so maybe talk a bit about like genre cinema and what are the, you know, you, I guess, I mean, you clearly from watching the film, you have a love for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So Dead in a Week is a, is a black comedy. And um, uh, I love black comedies. I mean, I just think, I think they're very, very difficult. And like I was saying with the short, I, I like to be ambitious. Um, and I think that when you see a black comedy really work, I, I just don't think there's anything better. Mm-hmm. Because I think that ability to make people laugh, but also be confronting people with quite difficult topics or quite interesting topics or... I just, I think that's really amazing. Um, 
so I don't know what I, I the ambition is there in Dead in a Week to to make a film that is about something, um, you know, has got at you know quite a in a way quite a controversial subject matter, but to approach that with a real um, lightness and and humanity and and I hope wit and humor, um, and I think if you're able to pull that off. I don't know. That to me is it's incredibly satisfying to. I mean, to be honest, it's even incredibly satisfying to be even trying it, mm-hmm. um, because I think the balance is difficult. I mean, I, I, probably there's a bit of it where I'm a bit of a show off, where you know, like I want to prove to people that that I can do that. You know, going into people companies or or when I would send them the script for Dead in a Week, and you know. I would say they would say, "Oh, well, what is this?" And I'd say, "Oh, it's a you know, it's a comedy about a guy who's you know trying to kill himself. So he out, you know he's trying to kill himself <laughs> and he fails. So he outsources his suicide to an assassin." Um, you know, people would say, oh, "You're making a comedy about suicide." I mean, it's just like it's not done. But I really thought that I really felt like I could be responsible about the issue of suicide and I could represent that in a. Um, uh, yeah, with with a with a degree of empathy and with humanity, but I could also um, make it accessible through mm-hmm. humor. And I thought that by doing that, I could be positively adding to the conversation. I guess sure that was the um, that was the ambition. Yeah, um, and you talked about so you. I mean, um, it's been added, I think, to the. There's, there's now like a little subgenre of, you know, the aging assass- assassin yeah. uh, movie. Uh, did you have any of those as touchstones when you were making this film? Yeah. So, yeah, in the film, uh, we have the, the assassin that um, William, the Naira Barnard's character, outsources his suicide to is, is an aging assassin on the brink of retirement who's played by Tom Wilkinson. And yeah, I mean, you know, I th- th- what, what I liked about that is that you have that thing about the the aging assassin or the reluctant assassin the assassin that's coming out of retirement to do one more job or or you know is is doing something that you know is reluctant is trying to leave the life that life behind them mm-hmm. um and i really wanted to subvert that and make a film about a guy who you know, I, I guess I get lines of dialogue stuck in my head a bit, which help to unlock the character. And the line um, that Tom says in the film, which was there from very early and really stuck w- with me, was he says, uh, uh, killing people gives me a reason to live. <laughs> and that was kind of my touchstone for that, was that this is someone who has defined their existence by the job that they do, and I think a lot of us do that. Yeah, you know, I mean, the question that you get asked more than more than any when you've just met someone is, "Oh, what do you do?" And so we're very much in a world which defines us by our jobs. And so I felt that when you when you have a powerful job, like you, you know, you you're deciding whether someone lives or dies, that actually there would there would be a real hole if that was taken away from you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you were so, uh, you know, that's the kind of, that's the idea. But look, I, I, yeah, I, I'm a bit of a magpie and I take, um, from all over. And so, yeah, I watched a lot of those, uh, Hitman movies. Gross point blank is a particular favorite. Leon is a particular favorite. Um, 
you know, I watch then, you know, on the more art house side, which there's a little, there's a little nod to in the film is uh, Le Samurai. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I like Hitman movies. I think they're, they're yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah, and you spoke about uh, you know casting and Norin and yes. Norin. Yes. Um, uh, how did you get Tom Wilkinson on board? Yeah, uh, look, I'm as surprised as you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, we I sent in the script. It was really like an, a kind of an amazing thing where you know with that process, that casting process, you you totally live on hope more than expectation. But what you hope is that you hope you've written something that is going to engage an actor. And he's going to be offering them the chance to do something that maybe they've not done before. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I remember that call from our casting director, Toby, um, saying that Tom had accepted the role. And I just, I mean, that was just a huge moment. must have been a good moment. day. <laughs> oh, that was a huge moment. It was a real like, you know, fist pump in the crowded supermarket type moment, you know. Um I, you you just you, I mean there's so many things that are exhilarating about that. One is the idea that obviously the idea that this is an actor who can take the bones of what you've written and put real flesh on it. Mm-hmm. Can really make something that is far beyond what really what I had ever imagined as a as as the as a writer. Um you know and then as a film geek it's the idea that your film is going to sit alongside um, you know, films like Michael Clayton or In the Bedroom or The Full Monty or Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which is one of my absolute favourite movies, you know, in this guy's, you know, list of credits. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's pretty amazing. And Tom um, was was absolutely brilliant. You know, he was really brilliant. I, I mean, he gave me a hard time. And, and like pretty much beat me up every day okay. on, you know, he just was like constantly questioning the decisions. But actually, I think as a first time filmmaker, that was a brilliant process. He would be mm-hmm. asking me, why is the camera there? Why are we doing it this way? Why do I have to do it again? But to be to have to stand up to that and to be able to say, have to say to him, we're doing it because of this. It really focused my mind, I guess, yeah. and really, you know, made sure that I knew why I was doing it. And I, I knew that I had to have the answers for an actor like Tom. And that's that's right. You should have the answers. You should be able to justify why you're making this, these decisions that you're making. Um, you know, and I said to him, uh, you know, on the, I think it was the second day, I said, um, you know, Tom, I... Just, I haven't had the chance to say this to you, but I wanted to say thank you so much for saying yes to this because it is so much easier to say no. And I know that yes comes with all kinds of inconveniences and all kinds of discomforts, but nothing gets done by saying no. And so I'm so grateful to you for saying yes. And, um, and he said to me, well, unfortunately... You wrote a script that I just couldn't fucking say no to, and then sort of walked <laughs> off, and that was about as close as I got to a compliment wow. from Tom Wilkinson. Yeah. Um, but it was great, you know. It's it's brilliant to work to work with someone like that. Is just that's a great, joy. you know, that's a great perspective, a great story that you don't get to hear that often, I guess. Because I guess it has to happen more often than you would think that you get really seasoned actors working with newer yeah. directors, and there has to be some. You're going to 
I guess a lot of directors will have experienced that moment where the balance of power, you know, has to shift like one way or another. So that's that's really interesting. Yeah, and, I, and generous of Tom, I guess. Yeah, very. And and I think actually I think I saw, maybe it was our like behind the scenes EPK got someone asked him about working with a first time director, and 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 actually he said he was like no I I work with I work with a lot of first time directors. You know, he's, he, you know, he's very, you know, I mean, listen, he's a, he's a very experienced, very, very skillful actor. Um, I'm, I'm not sure there's anything that a first time director could do or not do that would rattle him particularly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when have you seen Tom Wilkinson be bad in something? I mean, no, and no. that for me is that for me was like that was a huge. Bit of, I was like, I'm walking onto the set on the first day. I've got this script that people are sort of saying is is kind of okay, and I've got Todd Wilkinson. Well, you know what? What can go wrong? Here? Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, you want to move over with the script, so let's actually talk a bit about uh, that, like breaking your first feature script, or was it your first feature script? Is there a drawer full of the undeveloped? The- yes, unfortunately, there's unfortunately there's not a drawer full, um, <laughs> but there is. But it wasn't. It wasn't my. It wasn't my first. It was my second. Okay, um, that's still a good average. <laughs> yeah, and in fact, and in fact, the first, the first, the first was quite. I had quite a good experience with the first, um, in that it, it was optioned, really by the first company that I sent it to, which possibly was was a bad thing in the end because it didn't end up being made. And um, but you know, I had this thing where I, I wrote a, I, I wrote a, had an idea, wrote a script, it was optioned, you know. They pushed it forward. I was being paid for development and for rewrites and this kind of thing. And I thought, oh, okay, I can I can do this. And then that film ultimately didn't happen for 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 reasons that now I look back on it and I think, yeah, God, that was a bit of a bit mad. I mean, like even to get so close was pretty extraordinary mm-hmm. it, on a project that I think is a really good project. I still have a lot of faith in that project, but I just think that politically. It was a it was a tough fit. It yeah. was just a tough one to get made, um, and ultimately then didn't happen. And that's when I then sort of um, that was being made in. It was set in Berlin, and so it was, it was set up with a German film company. And I was spending a lot of time in Germany, but so I sort of came back to London, and that's when I then went and made the short. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'd made a sh- I'd made a very short short before that, um, but then that's when I made my more substantial short. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I guess that going in and doing the writing of Dead in a Week, I guess I'd I'd had uh, a certain affirmation that I could write a feature script. I'd done it before, and it had been optioned, and people had sort of said oh, it was it was all right. So I guess there was a confidence in that. But really, the confidence came from the fact that I had two producers who were saying, "Write something, and and we will produce it." Yeah, you know, I, I'm not someone who really wants to be shouting into a hole. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, you know, I want the things that I make to be seen by people. Yeah. You know, I want the things that I write to be actually made into films because that's what they're for. Yeah. You know, scripts are not books. Yeah. You know, you, you scripts are, are, are a blueprint to go and make a film. So if you don't make the film... there's no point right and you're primarily you're looking to direct your own stuff you're writing your own stuff to direct your own listen I'm available (laughs) everyone I'm available (laughs) Um, no I listen I 
I um, will definitely do that. I would, I, you know, working on a few things at the moment that for, for, for next projects. But the thing that I love is, is the collaboration. Mm-hmm. To I don't really enjoy sitting on my own, tapping away at a keyboard. Um, I get you know, yeah, quite my own, get stuck in my own head a bit too much, and so. But I love the collaboration. So you know, I've got one project which I'm writing with a friend, which has been a lot more of a joyful experience doing that than um, than doing writing on my own. But I am writing also on my own. Um, but I would love to direct other people's work I'd, and I'd love for that person to feel like that could be a collaborative thing rather mm-hmm. than just, you know, them give it to me and me try and do it. Um, and yeah, I, I'm, I, I like the collaboration. I, that film, cool. That's where filmmaking is a real privilege is the fact that, you know, I have an idea, I write it down, you know, on a bit of paper and then you walk onto a set and there are suddenly a hundred people there who are there in order to make your ideas come to life. And, and these are not like, these, these are not unskillful people. These are people who are experts in their thing. I, I'm a terrible artist. I can't draw for toffee, but my production designer is a fantastic artist. How amazing for me to have his skill set at my yeah. disposal. You know, same thing with, the, you know, my DP, with the actors. I mean, like I said, I, you know, I realized very early that I was a terrible actor. Um, so how fantastic to have Tom Wilkinson come and play the part, <laughs> um, you know, instead. Um, and that's the joy of filmmaking is in the collaboration. And mm. that's where, you know, look, I'm not going to rag on people that have this and and maybe one day I'll feel like, it's appropriate. I don't know whether I will, but I don't have um, I don't have a film by, or I don't have a Tom Edmonds film or that sort of thing because it doesn't feel authentic to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely at this point in my career, it, it, like this this film has been made by a group of people, right? And you know I'm one of that group of people, and I'm lucky to be the person who gets to stand in front of audiences and introduce the film. But it, it's it's been a team yeah. thing. That's a great attitude to have, I think. Wow, that's <laughs> um, awesome. You uh, you briefly mentioned there are future projects. Anything you can tell us about? Um, ooh, yeah. Well, look. I mean, actually, the bottom draw, the bottom draw one, <laughs> is uh, because I think that weirdly that might actually like saying that it kind of wasn't the right fit at the right time. That actually might now possibly be coming round to being the right thing. Um, so my wife is half German and um, I was having a conversation with her, the German side of her family where they revealed to me they have never heard the voice of Robert De Niro, which I found to be a fascinating concept. To them, the Robert De Niro (laughs) comes from Hamburg because the guy that voices him in Germany comes from Hamburg. So I started to think about what is the life of these people for whom, because in Germany, you have, <laughs> if you're a famous actor, you have one guy who, who always does, your, does voice. your voice. Right. And so I've written, um, and this was the film that was set up in Germany. Um, but I, 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 I think, honestly, now it, it, it might work more as a second feature rather than as a first feature. Um, I wrote a film uh, imagining, and it's completely fictional, um, but imagining the life of the voice of Tom Cruise. And it's called <laughs> Ich bin Tom Cruise. <laughs> 
and um, it's about a guy who it's a kind of a midlife crisis character comedy about a guy who's just sort of turned 50 and is realizing what his life is you know he's walked into a dubbing studio age 20 to dub a pretty unknown actor in a film called risky business and then he's like 30 years later this guy is the biggest movie star on the planet and my my character has just basically been stuck in this weird hinterland mm-hmm. of being extremely famous for this one almost incidental part of his of his life um and is completely unfulfilled in every other area really yeah. um so yeah we'll see it could be tom cruise hopefully coming to a cinema near you <laughs> in about five years um yeah. i would watch that yeah thank you good there's one we've sold one <laughs> uh well we'll uh we'll wrap it there i think uh thank you tom edmonds for joining us today that's been a pleasure thanks will that's all for today check your local listings to see if dead in a week or your money back is playing in a cinema near you you can find tom on twitter at tom edmonds our show is at Galway film our show is produced by grease on demand skillnet training if you enjoyed the show leave us a review it'll help new listeners to find us and don't forget to subscribe so you get new episodes of the Galway film podcast directly in your feed each week I'll be back with a new episode next week. Until then, ich bin Will Fitzgerald, asking, why be yourself if you could be Tom Cruise? Slán! <laughs>